take number seven. On this Hopefully episode this one works. of the Rad Dads podcast, we're going to talk about eating together as a family and the dynamic it represents for the parents and the kids. We will talk to you about bourbon, obviously, one of our favorite topics. And I'm like a teenager on prime night looking at this beautiful, 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 beautiful bottle. So I'm very anxious to get to that part of the podcast. And last but not least, we will be talking about dad lessons. Sal's I own this one. Sal owns this one because I... Whenever it's in the gray area, Rob likes to tell everyone that it was mine. <laughs> this one was definitely his, though. <laughs> so, Sal, growing up as you did, and I know I know eating together, dinner, lunch, whatever was important for you, what does that represent for you? What does it represent for your family? Growing up in an Italian household, when it was dinner time, we all sat together as a family. It didn't matter who was fighting beforehand or who was mad at who. We sat together as a family. We learned from each other, you know, how everybody's day went. So nowadays, I mean, you're all in the same freaking house. You're not going anywhere, so everyone knows how the day went. <laughs> but we still ask each other, how'd your day go? <laughs> <laughs> we get some comical responses, but, yeah, you know, <laughs> you got to keep it interesting at the dinner table. It is where we get to sit down and go through the day with each other. If someone had a bad day. You know, we kind of coach coach them through the day um, or uh, help them realize one of the choices that they may have made was not necessarily the right choice, but an okay choice. And we provide um, uh, different aspects and, and potential different solutions to, to the choice that they made and explain to them, hey, this is, if it was me, this is, I would have done it this way because. Then we, we discuss, you know, this whole COVID thing it's changed a lot of things. I know I, there's, this is time that I'll never be able to get back. But the amount of time I've spent with my family is so valuable, not only for me and my wife and the kids, but the kids spending the time together. Yeah, they do get on, on each other's nerves from time to time. There's fights here and there. But it is time they would have never otherwise have spent together because it was school then after school, it was possibly friends coming over, but this they're, they're together from morning till night. They're not separated, and it is, it is so valuable. There's no words that can describe it. I'm sure you guys out there can understand uh, the, the value in that time spent with your families, whether you're, you're, you, know, you have kids now or you're expecting, um, but the most important meal for us at, is dinner time to sit down together as a family, to discuss the day, um, to discuss some of the hardships that we may have went through, um, and to just to enjoy enjoy each other's uh, company. And I, to be honest, prior to COVID, it was really hard for me to get home in time for dinner. Very rare. Um, I, and part of it is because apparently my kids eat at like five o'clock on the dot, which is eye-opening because that's, that's what I've learned through COVID is apparently dinner's at five o'clock. And <laughs> The reality is there's no way in hell I when I when you leave work at six, six thirty, seven, you're not getting home for five o'clock dinner. Being home allows me to participate in that dinner. Sometimes I don't eat, I just sit there because they're eating so early. Spending time with the family and really communicating with them and like Sal said, learning about about their day. Even the, even though we're all trapped in the same house, a lot of it is, you know, just enjoying that time together. And yes, we get on each other's nerves. I'm sure everyone's experiencing and I've heard numerous stories from different people. And I think we're finding inventive ways to get out of the house for a lot of us, 
even with the kids and and taking breaks, giving the other parents some breaks. I know I've taken my kids hiking, fishing, recording a podcast, recording a podcast, being at Sal's house like three times a week. <laughs> Don't worry about that. <laughs> that were tasting bourbon three times a week either. Uh, but in the in the long term, I think what Sal said earlier about never being able to get this back. I think the amount of time I've spent with my kids over the last five months, and it's been five months because it was mid-March when this shit all started, you're never going to get that back. I don't think I would have spent as this much time with them over the next 15 years. Like, think about it. Add up day and night. And it, it really is going to be tough, and I think it's going to be tough for a lot of people to go back to the norm. I've talked to a lot of people, and some people love this. Some people can't stand it, and some people are ready to go back into the office. But there's things you're going to miss about having to go back into your normal 9-to-5 job. I know today I read something that I believe some of the tech companies are already saying 2021 summer or something like that. Wow. People can going work from back? home. Yeah. Oh, wait. Going back to the office or? They can work from home until that point. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so, so another year. Another year. So imagine after almost a full over a year working from home. How many people are really going to want to go back to the office? Yeah. Like, it's you're going to have to pry them out of your homes. Yeah, and I think I mean, think about it. A typical work day for you, right? You're out of the house six o'clock. Seven now because I don't have to go into New York. Well, before <laughs> yeah, it was six seven, o'clock. Six o'clock. Yeah. So you didn't get to see your kids prior to leaving, right? Yep. So you got home what six, seven, seven. So you got home at seven. You spent an hour and an a half hour. with your kids yeah. because they go to bed at eight eight thirty. <laughs> they go to bed so early, right? So you only got an hour or an hour and a half per day. Yep. From Monday through Friday, so let's say it was an hour. So that's only five hours a week, Monday through Friday, yeah. and you, you know, Saturday and Sundays your normal, your normal yeah. thing, whatever. But I mean, now during this COVID era, the amount of time we're spending with our kids, it's morning till night. It's that five hours turned into you know twenty four. <laughs> I can't do the math right now. <laughs> I mean, my kids are up at what time? Six o'clock. They go to bed at eight o'clock. So you're talking 14 hours. 14. So 14 hours. And it, the cool thing is, obviously, I'm working. We've made one of the extra bedrooms into my office. It's upstairs. It's out of the way. It's next to the kids' bedroom, which they're never in anyway. But they're the, the cool thing. They'll come up, say hello, ask me how my day is going. My younger guy goes, who are you on a conference call with? How come their pictures aren't up? Curious George. Yeah, how come I can't see them? Why are you like, there are a thousand questions about the, the Teams calls. But it's awesome because instead of, you know, not instead of, but the people who are coming in and interrupting me and talking to me are the two most important people in my life. And my wife, who's the third most important. Yeah, but she doesn't interrupt. She doesn't interrupt. <laughs> the people only, interrupt. If it, only if it's something good. Yeah, only if it's something good. But... Like the kids are napping? Yeah. <laughs> but at the, at the same time, I don't know how, you know, going back to the to the dinner, yes, you're there all day, but you're still working throughout the day as much as you can work. I know in my job, I spend a lot of time on conference calls, but you're working. And the thing that people, people out there need to understand, that eating together is a dinner. I think the other thing that I've done through COVID is try it so I don't eat breakfast. So I do the whole 16-8 fasting. We, we know this. We've talked about this. Not in the podcast, but outside the podcast. Eating lunch together, which it's not every day, but sometimes I can sneak downstairs, eat lunch while the kids are on like their 20th meal. <laughs> my youngest is like a hobbit. He's like three breakfasts. So <laughs> by the time lunch comes, it's literally probably their sixth meal. 
So if they're actually eating a true lunch, they'll sit down with me if I don't have conference calls through lunch and eat with me. Now there's times where I'm just grabbing food and running back to work or bringing my computer down and, and taking a call and eating at the same time. You know, I try to capitalize on the time you can spend with them and eating together and meal, that's, that's the staple prior to COVID. That was the time you got to spend together. Now there's a lot more time. So do you see, now that I'm off my rant, do you see it as in, as important eating meals together? Absolutely. Or, yes. Absolutely. Right? Now that's why? So the dinner table is where we air out. So well, we sometimes air out dirty laundry and who's fighting with who and why. And we try to iron it before everybody goes to bed. I don't like my kids going to bed angry at each other. We'd like for them to kiss and make up. But at the dinner table is where you um, teach manners, you know, sit properly, hold the fork and knife properly. You don't blow bubbles in your, your glass, you know, teach them how to cut their food. So it, it is still important to me to sit down and eat as a family. I mean, my wife, she even, when I was out, when I was on the road prior to COVID and I was going to be home like 6.30, 7, they would wait for me to eat. My my wife would make them a little snack just, just to get by until I got home. And then we sit down and eat as a family. You know, we pray, thank God for the food on the table, but it's, it's the opportunity for us to, to continue to bond. And I want, that's what I saw growing up as a kid. Every night, dinner time, we sat at the table. No one was at, unless, you know, we got permission to eat by a friend's house, everyone was at the dinner table. There's no, I'm in the garage. I'm working on this. uh, I'm not going to eat. No, 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 no. You had a broken leg. You hopped your ass to the freaking table and you ate dinner. That's where we ate and sat together as, as, as a family and, and had dinner. Cause that was the time we all had the opportunity to to speak our minds. And I think I agree with you. I'm, I think it's, I think it's as important. I really do. So you have three, so it's a little bit different. I have two, so we always know who's fighting with who. It's very simple because you're going to hear one cry and one hit and whatever they're doing, it's... It's entertaining. Um, but at the he same- started it. No, he started it. No, you started it. Yeah, apparently balls were being thrown this morning at like 6.30 a.m. One's crying. The other one's saying it through it. It's great because it's literally the same thing. I was the oldest brother. It's literally the exact same thing that my youngest is doing to my oldest. And I tell, I pulled him aside. I said, listen, he's going to continue doing it. I'm letting you know. My brother, my kid brother did it to me. He said he used a fake getting hit and tell my mom that I hit him. And then my mom finally caught on, like, at some point. I have no idea how long, but she caught on at some point realizing that my brother would be doing this. So it's definitely, it's, it's definitely interesting. And I, I agree with you. I think it still holds an importance with, with everything going on. I think it is as important because even though you're working, you're, you're not fully participating with your kids throughout the day. Yes, you're able to see them and spend time with them, but it's not wholeheartedly and it's not 100% their attention. Once work's over, I make a very valid attempt to spend a lot of time with them because I'm going to capitalize on this opportunity of spending that time with them. Yeah, after work, even if you're working from home, sometimes you're exhausted, sometimes you're mentally drained, but at the same point, you want to spend time with your kids. You want to spend time with them and really do what you can with them. No, I I agree. I agree 100%. These years, the age that they're at now, like my middle daughter, she woke up this morning and uh, unfortunately, my house... I don't have the luxury of having an office. So my office is actually the dining room table. My wife and I share the dining room table. She sits on one side, I sit on the other. And is there I, a reason you're at opposite ends? Uh, <laughs> she usually, she it depends. Sometimes she'll sit next to me, other time, well, when she does Zoom calls, she'll sit next to me because she got the uh, background, the wall. But my middle daughter woke up this morning, she says, hey, can I can I make breakfast? I said, yeah, you can make breakfast. She sauteed onions. She, uh, it's... Um, it's a Colombian special. They're called pericos, onions, eggs, and tomatoes. It's it's fantastic. 
Really? She she made breakfast for everybody. So when it when it was ready, she went to go wake up her other two sisters. They all came down and we ate breakfast as a family. So it was actually pretty cool. That's amazing. Can you freaking teach my boys how to freaking cook? <laughs> Come on over. Here, here's the best part. My son, two days ago, so I drink a lot of water when I wake up because I fast. So I have hot water with, with lemon and then I have probably like two or three pint glasses of water in the morning when I first wake up. When do you have your coffee? After that. Jesus. So my youngest brings me... What do you hold, a bladder bag under the, the <laughs> office desk? <laughs> That's probably why I wake up at 3 a.m. <laughs> I feel like I'm 50. But I my, my youngest brings me a... a this, this is the closest I got to uh, cooking. My youngest brings me a pint glass of water with ice in it. That's... <laughs> That's the closest we're getting to cooking in my house. But he did. The, the funny thing is, my younger guy or my older guy has no interest in cooking a lot of the time. My younger guy will show an interest and in what my wife's doing and and watching her, and he wants to crack the eggs and help and do things like that. But the reality is, neither of them really have an interest. They're more interested in digging a hole in China, to be honest. I mean, that's that, that's how it starts. I watched I watched my parents cook growing up. So as I got older, I was like, oh, I think I can do it. Of course, there were many failures. He starts off with breakfast. I can toast bread. Look, and now I can spread butter. This yeah. is great. Let me see what else I can do. So it's funny because we're completely off topic, but this is interesting. Um, so my kids, and I'm curious if your kids have the same thing. Sometimes they're very self-sufficient. Other times they're like, I can't do anything. Well, of course, because they... I'm yeah. like, what happened? Yeah. You used to, it's a, it's you a were, switch. So yeah. Yesterday, you went into the freezer got your pancakes, put them in the microwave, microwave them, sat down, put Nutella on them, and ate them. Today, oh, Dad, I can't do anything. I'm like, are you six years old? Yeah, yeah, you don't know how to do it yet? Yeah, because they, they, they're like, damn, I showed them what I can do. I got to go back to what not doing anything. Our anniversary was during COVID. So my oldest daughter, she went, was it last year? Either last year or the year before. She was in three consecutive uh, cooking classes, uh, one of the local towns. We, my wife and I were told we couldn't come in the house and they set up my, my, my oldest daughter, my middle daughter, my youngest, it was a, a executive chef, sous chef and, and line chef. <laughs> it was the greatest thing. So we, um, we weren't allowed to, to come into the house until they were ready. So they set up this, this whole thing and it was amazing. They all, they cooked. They followed the, the instructions of my oldest daughter. They made us a wonderful dinner for our anniversary because we couldn't do anything for COVID. So I think that, you know, them seeing how we sit down together as a family kind of encourages them to, hey, you know, maybe I can dabble in the kitchen and do something as well. So them doing that for us meant a lot to us. But I think it also meant a lot to them. Mm -hmm. that we gave them the liberties of working in the kitchen. Knives, you know, hot pans, boi yeah, boiling sure my, water. My, my kids can do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure they're there yet. <laughs> but it was, I, I mean, amazing. It was really amazing. Uh, last, last night was my wife's birthday. And my youngest and my middle, they baked her a cake. They spread, they spread, um, Icing on top of it, it was great. And, you know, my wife loved it. That's that's pretty cool. I mean, it, it definitely is, especially if, you're, if your kids have an aptitude to cook and you're not just eating it because it's, if they made it, that's even better. I mean, don't get me wrong. The f first couple of times, you know, hey. it was a little tough. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, my, my, my oldest daughter, she always thinks that the first time is going to be the, the perfect. It's got to be awesome. It's, it's got to be fantastic. And, and if, if it's not, she thinks she's a failure. Like, 
I don't know why she always picked apple pie. She wanted to make apple pie. So the first time she made it, nothing's American like mm. apple pie. No, this is true, <laughs> especially warm apple pie. Yeah, well, <laughs> Jason Biggs. <laughs> so, so the first time she made it, it was a, it wasn't good. I don't want to say it was a disaster because she had the texture, everything was there, but it didn't taste right. So I asked her, "Did you follow the instructions?" Yes, I followed the instructions. Turns out she didn't. <laughs> oh, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, you know. So it's like. You have to follow the recipe. That's least, what they're there for. Well, at least until you understand the dynamics and the breakdowns and the... And right, the, right. Um, and at this point, you know, she's still learning and she yeah. just follow the recipe and it'll come out as it should. It took three times. After the first time, it took a while for her to get back in the kitchen to try another apple pie. Second time, better, but not there. Third time, finally, it was like, wow. I said, what did you do different? She goes, I followed the recipe. <laughs> <laughs> Line for line. I mean, that's what you got to do. So I, I think eating together as a family, we even, you know, we cook together as a family too. Like there's sometimes my wife's cooking, some of my kids will help. Or if I'm cooking, my kid, my kid, some of my kids will help. Lately, it's my middle daughter that who's been uh, wanting to help. Whereas like last year, it was my oldest. But I think it's because my wife and I weren't home and they were making something with their grandmother. So my oldest daughter, it was, they were messing around with oil. She was frying something. My oldest daughter threw whatever it was that they were making into the oil and the oil splashed back at her uh. and she burned her arm. And, and to this day, you can see the marks on her arm. So that's why she's, she's a little hesitant to get back into the, into the kitchen. But my middle daughter has been, has been doing a lot more now. But I think that eating together as a family, um, they see, you know, how we, the, the love shared between us. You know, how we, how we talk to each other, how we interact with each other, not only around the kitchen table, but also in the kitchen. You know, my kids set up the table. They are always fight who's going to get the plates, who's going to get the, the napkins, the four, you know, utensils. But that's one thing they do every night is set up the table. Without you telling them or with you telling them? Well, well, we got to tell them, hey, it's dinner time, set up the table. So they they, they just won't come and, hey, I set the table, you know, because they don't know. Dinner time is, is not always the same time every night. It varies anywhere. It depends on, you know, who had a late lunch. Because you don't have hobbits living with you. <laughs> We eat every hour on the hour. <laughs> so dinner for us can go anywhere from, you know, 5.30 to 7.30, depending on what we have going on. Mm-hmm. So if we had a late lunch, we'll push dinner a little later. You know, kind of like the last time you were here, we we're having Chinese food at 9.30 at night. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was your middle, right? Who's not getting here, I think? Yeah. I think my kids have no, no aptitude for cooking. But it's interesting because when I cook, and which is very rare... There's very few things I cook. Ham and cheese. I, I can I can rock cold cuts <laughs> and bread. I can make a mean PB and J, but I'm also the one who grills. The funny enough is when I grill outside, I enjoy it because I sit outside. I don't leave outside. I put the meat on. I enjoy it. No one bothers me. So I'm like, this is dad time. It's you and your meat. It's me and my meat <laughs> on the grill. <laughs> but it, it's it's honestly it's funny because they don't bother me. They bother their mother all the time. But when I'm outside. My youngest will help me. I'll say, "Hey, can you get me a plate?" Hey, can so they're very good helpers in that regard. But at times, they're you know they're not. They're only going to help you if you ask. They're not. Uh, the oldest is only going to help when they ask. The youngest will actually say, "Hey, Dad, do you need help? Do you need this? Do you need that?" He's very empathetic, which is completely different than the older guy. He's not empathetic at all, which is. I don't know where the empathy comes from. It must come from my wife. That's <laughs> not me. Um, but it's it's definitely interesting, and and I think it's important. I think. 
the one thing that you're calling out just to circle it back and I, and I love we sometimes we, we go off topic but we bring it back is the whole thing about dinner is more about family you know the chores the camaraderie the the team unit you know what I'm getting at is that you operate as a team the the family is a team everyone yeah. has their role absolutely 100% right I agree and, and part of dinner is not just eating and sitting at the table. It's setting, you know, the table. Some people pray, some people don't. To each their own. I'm not saying it. We, we pray too. Something a little newer for us recently. And it's about spending time together. And a lot of, if you think about it, a lot of holidays, a lot of festivities, birthdays, is all spent around meals and, and doing things like that. Even my birthday, there was food galore, which is just another, my wife's Italian, this just the way they operate, you have to have a lot of food and a lot of drink. So I think it's important that it, that is raised because not everyone gets that. And when our kids get older, you want them to instill that on their kids. Absolutely. And, and that's growing up. That's, that's what I knew. Dinner time, everybody came home for dinner, whether we were playing out front, playing out back, whatever it was. When it was dinner time, there was no excuse. You were home, you were having dinner. Um, and that's what I learned. And that's what I'm instilling on my kids. And hopefully, you know, when they're older... That's something that they'll, they, they will instill on theirs. So to me, it's very important to, to sit around that dinner table and have dinner together as a family. Um, yeah, there are times where I'm working late and I'm not making it home and I just tell my wife, just, you know, eat without us. Eat, I'm sorry, eat without me because I won't be home in time. So, uh, but those, those times are very uh, far and few in between. So eating, eating together is very important. I, I think we, we, beat this yeah, dead horse. The, is it time to talk about the bourbon now? Or um, we got to do the dad lesson first? Uh, what's up to you? You want to do a dad lesson? Yeah, you know what? Let's do the dad lesson. Since Rob does not <laughs> want to talk about this one, because I don't know. So, dad lesson. Number nine, baby wipes are not just for babies. <laughs> There's nothing like a clean and refreshing rear after you've done your business. Especially... On those hot days. What if, why don't you just get a bidet installed? Uh, there's not enough room in my house. Oh. <laughs> and when you're out on a porter, John, if I ask them to uh, put a bidet in, <laughs> I think that may, they may look at me funny. <laughs> That'd be great. Oh, and I don't know any. I don't the, the water that's in that tank. I, I don't know if that's good to recycle or or wash your uh, keister on. Oh my god! All <laughs> right, all right. So I guess you carry around your own pack. I guess. That's the other thing. Yes. You're in a porter, John. You got to carry around your own pack. You I, don't know what the hell is going to be in the porter, John. Exactly. I carry a pack of baby wipes and I, ca I carry a roll of toilet paper. And hand sanitizer. <laughs> and yes. And hand sanitizer. All right. It's bourbon time. Do you want to talk about what the bourbon is? Um, we can actually. Or should we pause for the tasting first? We will pause for the tasting. Sounds we'll keep good. everybody uh, hanging on by a thread. We'll All pause right. for the tasting and we'll be back momentarily. Sounds good. Slurring our words. Definitely. All right. And we are back. What seemed like seconds to you was actually hours for us. Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. So, all right. We're back from our uh, bourbon tasting. Um, we did not tell you what the bourbon uh, was before we stopped or paused. So, the bourbon we tasted tonight, and we will be reviewing, is Smoke Wagon, small batch, straight bourbon whiskey. Just to comment on the bottle first, it is a, it's got a gold seal recessed into the bottle with two guns, and it has their distilling company, HC, initials in it. It's actually a pretty cool uh, bottle. 
and it's got a row. It looks like flower. These are flowers, yeah, flowers nice. uh, that that rise up from the about three quarters of the way down from the bottle, and it's got a band around the bottom. Um, it is a very interesting looking bottle. All right, enough about the damn bottle. Uh, the alcohol classification: small batch straight bourbon whiskey. Uh, distillery is Nevada HNC Distilling Company. It is 100 proof. Even though it is 100 proof, it is not bottled and bond, which means it's 50% alcohol by volume. Age, there were, they don't really come out and tell you what the age is. I did some digging and I found, I found the following. Their small batch, which uses four to five year old MGP bourbon and blend, MGP bourbon and blends them together before proofing it down to 100 proof. The mash bill is unknown. It was released in 2016. It has a high rye content, which is aged in the heart of a century-old brick warehouse. They have won three awards, 2016, 2017, and 2019 San Francisco World Spirit Competition, and they won gold medal in each uh, each one of those years, the color of the bourbon. We didn't do that. No, we didn't. We didn't discuss the color. But I'm looking. It's a, it's a that's like a copper color. Yeah, that in our based on our chart, is that going to be a deep amber? You think? I'm going to say this is deep amber. Yes, yeah, I think so absolutely, too. definitely a deep amber. So price range anywhere's from depending on your location and where you can find it. It's anywhere from $55 to $70. I'm going to go into the aroma. For some reason, I, I get apricots. <laughs> He's been talking about the fucking apricots since we put the glass. <laughs> as soon as I pop the bottle, it's like, oh my God, somebody just cut open an apricot. <laughs> but yeah, I get apricots for some odd reason. Rob, you get anything else when you're uh, sniffing that bottle? I've been sniffing your finger? for about an hour. And it's, I think it's more for me, I feel like it's more of a sweetness. And a little spice in the aroma. So, like, what was the? There was like, it's not oak or anything like that, but it's more of um, a spiciness that I, that I smell on, and that burn you actually smell it. Like a Frank's Red Hot. You put that shit on everything. No, that's <laughs> definitely not a Frank's Red Hot. But I do put that shit on everything. I love it. <laughs> By the way, uh, they're not our sponsor. Yeah, but not. so okay. Uh, back to the uh, uh, smoke wagon. Uh, so I get the apricots. Uh, uh, Rob gets the uh, spiciness, uh, spiciness smell to it. Tasting notes. So I just want to let everybody know I am tasting the smoke wagon neat. Rob did try neat w along with me, and um, I'll let you. I'll let him tell you what he thought about that. But I typically like to to drink my bourbon neat, uh, depending on the proof. So my taste, my palate, smooth. It's got some pepper and um, hints of uh, caramel or caramel, however the hell you want to pronounce it. What are your, uh, what's your palate telling you, Rob? My palate is telling me that there's a sweetness. I can't tell if it's a vanilla or a maple-ish. It may be caramel, but there's also a spicy tone to it. And that spicy tone carries through from the, from the smell too. I think, yeah, that's, I, I don't smell the pepper. I... You're saying pepper, but I think it's just that. Well, I, my my smell is only apricots. I, or, sorry, I, the I, taste. my taste. I get I get the, the the little pepper pepper to it. Interesting. Yeah, I don't I don't get the I don't get the pepper. But but that's because you're drinking with one of my balls. I'm drinking with one of your balls, but before I put your balls in my drink, I drank it neat and. <laughs> but with the balls, with your balls in my drink, can you, can you fill this? Give me a little splash. Sure. 
um, it actually opens it up and takes the burn away and you can taste the sweetness even much more. That's the interesting thing about, so we've been doing all our tastings, we've been doing all our tastings neat and on purpose we've been doing tastings neat, but sometimes with a, with a hundred proof, I need it to, I need some balls in my drink. Um, so, so when we talk about all the balls, we're talking about the ice balls, but we just can't help ourselves. We're, we're children here, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> you got a fascination with balls, Rob. Yeah, we're, we're running a podcast about parenting. And we just can't get off of the ice balls. Uh, but I think it's for me. Did you? You didn't do your ranking yet, did you? I did not. No. Are you uh, waiting for me to go first? Aren't you? Uh, I can go first this time. You can. I, yeah. If you All want. right. Go ahead. So I'm gonna have to give the smoke wagon small batch straight bourbon whiskey. I'm going to give it a 7.7. This is... Uh, That's your highest. That is my highest to date, yes. What did you give Blade and Bow? Uh, Blade and Bow, I think I gave a 5. 5.7. You like so. this more. So do you... Just be, before I get mine, do you like the stronger and spicier type of bourbon? Is that what your preference is? I, I don't think this is stronger or spicier. I, I don't know. It's just... A, it's got a smoothness to it. To it. That's why, I, I mean, maybe if I put a, a, an ice ball in it or an ice cube, it, it'll mellow out even more. And it's definitely mellow, but I don't, when I compare it against, when I compare it against Blade and Bow, I feel like Blade and Bow, and maybe it's because the sweetness is a little bit more mellow, mellow and, and smoother than the Smoke Wagon. But it's also a lower proof. For 100 proof bourbon, this is pretty mellow. Yes. That I 100% agree with. But when you compare it against a Blade and Bow, I think it's it, it comes up short for me, but that can be just the proof that that's different. But yeah, and everybody's palate is different, so this is I true mean, too. And with that said, I do like Smoke Wagon. I do love the bottle. Oh my god, the bot the bottle! If you've never seen a Smoke Wagon bottle, we will post it on our Instagram. We will post it on Facebook. It is a work of art, to be honest. It yeah. really is. They they really did put a lot of time and, and and effort into that designing this bottle. It's 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 gorgeous. I love I love the seal. The seal is freaking awesome. The seal's amazing. Yeah. Um it's pretty cool. I'm actually torn. I don't know if I want to rank it above Buffalo Trace or below Buffalo Trace. Keep going back and forth. I keep trying. I'm hoping to clarify my ranking. Give me a second. I gotta take another step. Well, this is why we took a break, Rob. <laughs> so you can be ready for this. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I think I'm gonna give it a seven point one. Ooh, all right, right. So it's a little bit below. So for me, 7.1. You know what? No. What did you, you gave a 7.7? I gave it a 7.7. 7. I think we were talking about this before, and I didn't say this on air. There's not as much burn with this as there is with Buffalo Trace. That's right. You said Buffalo Trace burned yeah, all the way down so, to your... Uh, yeah, it burned all the way down. All <laughs> so, the way down to your wee-wee. Yeah. <laughs> and out the next morning. Um so I think I have to give it above a Buffalo Trace. So not a 7-1. I think we would go with, I don't want to give the same ranking, but I think I'm going to give the same ranking. I think it's going to be a 7-7. Seven, 7-7. Seven. Seven, seven. Wow, look at that. All right. If we were in uh, if we were in Vegas or Atlantic City, this would be 7-7s uh, across the board. We'd be playing some craps. 